Hello and welcome to Here's a Johnny's Reviews and House Away and Rolls on to the fourth, technically, in this very loose house franchise, but the third at the time I'm doing, as House 3 was a spec script that had the house name Slap Haunted to make money. So here it is, the fourth and last to date of the house movies, and wow, have these movies been a mixed bag from a dark comedy looking at PTSD to shoot up Muppets comedy to a Freddy like killer to whatever the fuck the fourth one is. This movie is notable for getting William Cat back to play. Roger Cobb from the first movie. However, he isn't a writer, he doesn't have a son, is happily married to a different woman, and it is not the same house. But apart from that, and the fact the events of the first movies are never brought up, he's the same guy, just with a daughter, not a son. Hmm, get in. <clears throat> with a tiny budget of 1.4 million, and going straight to tape, this thing pulled in, well, God knows what, as I can't find anything online anywhere near how much money this made, so God knows. So let's dig into this old house and see if it should be repossessed or renovated. Here it is, House 4, Home, Deadly Home. Starring Teddy Trez, Melissa Clayton, Scott Burkholder, Denny Dillon and William Catt, directed by Louis Abernathy. The plot, following the death of his father, Roger Cobb moves his family into his late father's summer home. Unfortunately, Roger dies, so his brother-in-law... Uh, wants Roger's wife to sell up, she refuses. The house itself is built over an ancient in Indian, sorry, <coughs> Native American PC John hmm. spring and is alive and it wants the cobs out no matter what. The stepbrother-in-law uh, wants the land to bury toxic waste and what in the actual fuck is going on here? Anyway, here it is, house IV sucking the franchise dry. I mean, sorry. Home, Deadly Home, aka Repossession. I should be fucking repossessed, this movie's dead old. <clears throat> On to the format of the podcast, the good, the bad and the ugly. The good being anything I find entertaining or good about said movie. The bad is anything I found utterly ridiculous or bad about said movie. And the ugly is anything I find in bad taste or is just plain ugly. Something tells you this is going to be a lot of ugly and bad in this podcast. So let's see if this old house can be... Worth a rent, or is the foundations rotten? Is this indeed the ultimate good-bad movie? So first up, we have a good. The music this time isn't ripping off Friday 13th. This time it's ripping off Poltergeist 3. So there's a new twist of events there then. Ooh, ah, shiny. The bad, the sleazy stepbrother. So he's not the brother-in-law. God damn you, IMDb. Burke, played by Scott Burkholder. 
Uh, is your typical get-rich-quick, sell your grandmother for a buck douchebag, trying to get Roger, once again played by William Cat, to... Sorry, and then his wife, Kelly, played by Terry Tres of Alien Nation fame, to sell the house so he can make a mint sleazy douchebag much. My first ugly. The house is built on ancient Native American burial grounds uh, that is also holds a healing spring, uh, guarded by Ezra, played by Ned Romaro. Poltergeist too much, also stereotype much. Not all Native Americans believe in the spirit world, much like not all Scots wear kills, unlike in the movies where everybody bloody well does, for crying out loud. I mean, we're not all bloody uh, porridge munching, caber tossing, fucking tartan wearing, fucking stereotypes on a tin with fucking shortbreads, you know, for crying out loud. Uh, anyway, moving on to another good. Terry Trez does her best with this trash script that doesn't know what it wants to be, either a horror comedy or an environmental f environmental message movie. I mean, pick one. It's either environmental friendly or it's a horror comedy. I mean, uh, another bad. Roger is killed off within 12 minutes. So what was the point of bringing him back? I mean, what was the point of bringing William Cat back? Also, that car cast looks cheap and they show it several times and it looks cheap and fucking trashily done on to another ugly burke kills his stepbrother just to get his hands on the house to dump toxic waste get in another good unlike in the original movie the house starts to mess with kelly the first night not several nights in and indeed makes her go slightly do lally that is bug nuts or crazy Another bad. Crippled with debt, Kelly has no choice but to sell her home and move into Roger's father's summer house. See, this is why America needs free healthcare. $40 or painkiller. Fuck you, you greedy corporate American douche nozzles. It should be free. Well, free to the ones that can't afford it anyway, but the ones that can't afford it, pay for a bloody thing. On to another ugly. Kelly moves her and her wheelchair-bound daughter, Laurel, uh, played by Mosser Clayton, into Roger's father's house, uh, which isn't wheelchair friendly, due to the hospital bills. Why not sell this piece of junk house and find somewhere else? After all, it's Roger's family's blood curse, not yours, love. I mean... Uh, and my final good. The house tries subtle ways of driving Kelly out, such as a brown goo from the taps, that's faucets from American listeners, and a living talking pizza. More on him later. And on to a slew of bad and uglies. My fourth bad being, what does Kelly do for money? It's pointed out her daddy, played by Dabs Greer of Little House on the Prairie, Conair and Agri Mile, is a rich oil tycoon. But she gets no money from him, so what the hell does he do for what does she do for money? I mean, all she does in this movie is make tea, um, struggle against the house, and try to help her daughter in and out of bed. By the way, she's lumping this huge wheelchair up and down the stairs. I mean, Jesus Christ, but more a wheelchair later. I mean, speaking of the wheelchair, my fourth ugly. A 40-style wooden wicker wheelchair. Really? This thing must weigh a bloody metric ton, and that kid is about 14. She must be quite heavy herself, so she has to hump this thing up and down multiple flights of stairs, for crying out loud. I mean, uh, moving on. To another bad. The fake housekeeper, uh, aka FBI agent 
Verdener Clump, played by Denny Dillon, is annoying as all hell, plus she's rude. She lets herself into the house, which is, forgive me if I'm wrong, illegal to do if you're a fed unless you've got a bloody warrant. Uh, and then just messes around with the bloody well house. What the f- uh, moving on. To another ugly, Burke tries to force Kelly and her daughter out of the only place they have just to make a quick buck. What a sleazy asswipe. Another bad, the Pizza Man song is a real earworm and will get stuck in your head. Also spot Kane Hodder as the living talking pizza for some bloody reason. Another ugly, Kelly has a shower which the house turns into blood and the back of the box said this is the most shocking shower since in cycle. You hear right love. Anyway, the shower itself is utterly disgusting. The bathroom is one of the worst bathrooms I've seen since bloody saw. I mean, this kind of rings out the bathtub love we're getting in. It's just, just gross. Another bad. Laurel is annoying as all hell. If she's not screaming, she's singing that annoying Pizza Man song. Or acting like a little brat. I mean, I get it, you're wheelchair bound. But come on, I'm up by compassion here. Jesus, jinkies. Another ugly. The nightmares Kelly's Kelly has throughout the movie are cheap Nightmare Elm Street wannabes. Especially the one where Burke dresses in drag as a nurse. That's just disturbing and all bloody manner of disturbing. On to another bad. At 54 minutes mark of an hour and 30 minutes, I believe, suddenly, all of a sudden, this movie goes from Poltergeist to Ripoff to a kiddies Saturday morning cartoon about the environment. I mean, for crying out loud, what the f- You're going through a whole psychological thing about the house, what's sort out, and all that, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's very much um, Amityville style stuff. And then it jumps to toxic waste. What the fuck? Speaking of disgusting toxic waste, Burke's boss, this is another ugly, Burke's boss, Mr. Grosso, really, Mr. Grosso, like I said, Saturday morning cartoon much. Played by Mark Gash is just disgusting with him constantly spitting up flame. And then he makes Burke drink it. That is gross. Another bad. What's with the SM toxic waste plant? Also, spray painting non toxic waste on toxic waste barrels. What the fuck? Another ugly. Burke sends his two goons, Lee, played by Ned Bellamy, and Charles, played by John Stantucci. To scare Kelly out of the house, uh, they do so by attacking Laurel in her bedroom while wearing a snake and mask, thigh mask. What in the actual hell? Onto another bad. Laurel's dog lamp comes to life, complete with lampshade stuck on his head. After Burke's goons rough her up, it's all too ridiculous to be bloody well scary, but they think this shit is scary. Kidding. Another ugly. The force lovey dovey stuff. Uh, when Ghost Roger shows Kelly the old home videos, it is almost as barf-inducing as the Mr. Grosso stuff. Almost, but not quite, because that flame is disgusting. Another bad. When Kelly refuses to sell the house to Burke, after she finds out it was Burke's goons that hurt Laurel, he sends his goons to burn the place down. What an incompassionate wanker. Another ugly. The house, at the hour and 40 minute mark of an hour and a half movie, shows Kelly it was Burke's goons that shoot out the tyres of the car causing it to crash to, that killed Roger. Why didn't the spirits do this earlier? And also, why didn't they not help Laurel as she fell down the fucking stairs? <sighs> Another band. The completely useless FBI agent comes back into the movie after not being in it for a good 50 minutes, just to be knocked out by Burke's goons. Why? And my final ugly, 
Burke's goons gleefully pour gasoline all over the basement of the house, knowing farewell Laurel is in the bloody house, in the living room, I've been directly above the fucking basement. Oh dear God. And four more bats. I'll just rattle these ones off then. The two guns take forever to die, as both of them shoot each other because the house starts messing with them, making them see the one thing they fear, i.e. snakes and bugs. But this thing drags on for a good five minutes. They just shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot each other. Just die already! You are riddled multiple bullets and you're still not dead. <sighs> Another bad, the house gets set alight with Laurel inside, trapped. Where was Roger's ghost? Or where the hell were the helpful spirits? We're crying out loud. <sighs> Another bad. The house ejaculates the spring water, putting out the fire. I could have done that a little bit earlier to save Laurel. I mean, uh, why is it just all of a sudden going push and spews out the water? God, no one knows. And my final bad. Once Burke is carted away by the feds, Roger visits Kelly dressed as a cop and then turns to Stardust, leaving her and her kid homeless, penniless, and jobless as the house burns down to the ground. That is now three movies. And three times the house is burnt down. Original much? Oh yes, by the way, the spring water heals Laurel so she can now walk. Yeah, yes, I suppose I can bottle this spring water to make a fortune off it, I suppose. I mean, hmm. Anyway, that was House 4, Home, A Deadly Home. This should be torn down. The foundations have termites, there's lead paints on the wall, and there's rust in the pipes. This is just toxic. This story is not scary nor funny. Plus, the environmental angle is forced in and makes no bloody sense. Nothing makes sense. If the house won't harm Kelly or Laurel, then why did Laurel get hurt? And why was it trying to scare Kelly out? I mean, after all, Laurel takes a spill down the flight of stairs quite nastily and, I don't know, breaks her leg or something like that. What the hell it does? Uh, I mean, the whole thing about the, you can't sell the house because there's a blood curse on Roger's family and the spirits will not be happy, but as long as you keep the house in good condition, the spirits will be happy, bollocks. Speaking of which, the Native American angle feels like a rejected idea from Poltergeist 2. Also, how does Grosso's company make money? Selling toxic waste? Uh, this movie is just toxic. It's getting a 1 out of 10, and I thought the house movies were fun, little comedy horrors, but no, they're just sad pathetic movies with lame jokes and lamer scares this has been a complete failure of a bloody franchise no one has not had a movie out since 1992 for crying out loud still never mind come back next week for my look at halloween house aka hocus pocus my third year anniversary podcast is beetlejuice and no that's not my patreon podcast which rehashed it's a whole new one as i lost that recording when my other laptop died and for my Halloween special is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. November is No Scare November. I look at the scary movie movies. December is Festival Fear 2, which includes Child's Play and Better Watch Out. January is a John Carpenter Classics 2, including Big Trouble in Little China and Escape from New York. And February is Love Sucks Vampire Movies. So don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod to vote on movies I will cover. Or email me with suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other horror franchise podcasts of Hellraiser, Final Destination, Resident Evil, Underworld and more. Also check out my solo horror podcast of Freddy vs Jason, Evil Dead 2, Scream, The Fog and many, many more. Uh, bye bye.
I'm your pizza man, I'm your pizza man. And I'm delivering your favorite pizza pie. I'm your pizza man, I'm your pizza man. And I am everybody's favorite takeout guy. You never have to worry that your pizza will be cold. Cause I keep it heated up on my engine's manifold. <laughs> so the next time you are hungry for a pizza in a pan. <laughs> don't forget to call your favorite pizza man. 